Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is June 1st, 2023. It is Thursday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Glam Craft. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, we are the good news that we have been looking for, demonstrating that every desk holds a dawn disguised within it. Today, we don't burst into a new world, we begin it, by Amanda Gorman. So, we are drinking Dark Fae from Sip a Spell. Uh, this is a traditional yerba mate with a balance of chai spices and tropical fruits, why it is called Dark Fae. It has the fayness of summer, but then like this darkness of these really warm, deep, intense herbs. And let me tell you, there are definitely teas where I kind of regret the name because it's only like in afterthought am I like oh I should name it something else and there's something right now where I like so hate the name and I know what I should have named it and I might rename it blah, blah, blah. but this one was like a dead on uh this name thoroughly encompasses the intensity and the brightness of this tea so we are talking about mangoes this week and yesterday we talked a little bit about the history and the lore Today we are talking health benefits uh, from Healthline.com. Mangoes are packed with nutrients, especially we have vitamin C, copper, B6, A, E, K, uh, potassium. It's low in calories. So again, I, I think most fruit is. Uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think most fruit is pretty low in calories. So very easy to kind of um, slip into your into your diet, uh, to slip into your nutrition. Um, it may help prevent diabetes. Fresh mango is high is relatively high in natural sugar, uh, containing over 22 grams per cup. And you might think that would be like worrisome for people with diabetes. However, no evidence suggests that eating fresh mango leads to diabetes or is unhealthy. It is a healthy, um, it's high in healthy plant compounds such as uh, benzoic acid, pretty much antioxidants, which we talk about quite a bit. Uh, so anything that has high antioxidants is really going to help protect your cells against free radicals. It contains immune-boosting nutri um, nutrients, which I think we can see with its color. It has that brightness, right? That bright yellow, and that's going to give us our vitamin C and our vitamin A, and yeah, 100%. It supports heart health. Mango contains nutrients that support a healthy heart. For instance, it offers magnesium, potassium, which helps with healthy blood flow. It may also help improve digestive health. It may support eye health. I think it's vitamin A that does that. Yeah, because carrots. That's how you can remember. <laughs> um, it may help lower your risk of certain cancers. 
And again, it's versatile, really adds, uh, easy to add to your diet. Unless you're like me who cannot figure out how to purchase an open one. Uh, I cannot get from A to B on that somehow for some way, for some reason. So it might be easier for literally everybody else to add to their diets. <laughs> Not for me. Um, we are moving into some headlines. So this is one that kind of popped up. I was a little surprised about because I don't think I know a lot about this. So remember a few weeks ago, a website popped up where I was like, oh, this looks a little sus, but the info was pretty good, right? So they popped up again and it's called gbtimes.com. Again, it's a little sus. I don't really know what this is, but the info before was pretty good. So I'm starting to think, okay, maybe they, I don't know, but the new thing it posted was what is a heathen? And I'm like, that's a great question. It is my personal belief heathens are people who uh, practice like Nordic tradition. So we're going to find out. Uh, they say when most people hear the word heathen, they may picture someone who worships pagan gods or is part of a non-Christian religion. However, the term can mean different things depending on who you ask. So let's see. What does the word heathen mean? Oh, I know this. It means you come from the heaths. That's also where pagan comes from. The word heathen comes from Old English, which means one who inhabits the heath. Originally referred to as people who lived on the heathlands of Northern Europe who practiced polytheistic religions. Later, the term was used more broadly to refer to anyone who didn't pra practice Christianity. And that is true also with the word paganism. It was the people who, like, kind of lived on the outskirts, couldn't be reached, and eventually, and today, it means, it literally just means someone who is not a practitioner of, like, the main Abrahamic religions. So, is heathen a derogatory term? And many people view the word heathen as derogatory because it has been used in negative contexts to refer to non-Christians. However, others argue that the term can be used in neutral or, or positive ways to describe someone who adheres to non-Abrahamic religion. Again, just like pagan. So what is heathenry? Heathenry, also known, known as heathenism or ne germ <laughs> Germanic neo-paganism. Oh, say that five times fast. Let's try it again. <laughs> heathenry, also known as heathenism, is Germanic neo-paganism is a modern-day revival of pre-Christian religions of Northern Europe. It encompasses a variety of traditions, including Astro, Theodism, and Fornsed. So, are heathens Satanists? I think we know that. That's a no. Um, no, heathens are not Satanists. Satanism is a separate religion, which is based on the worship of Satan as a deity. Heathenry, on the other hand, is based on the worship of pre-Christian gods and goddesses. And I can already sense somebody going, no, Tanya, that's not what Satanism is. Satanism, like Satanists don't believe in Satan as a real person. Not entirely true. Uh, people very often mix up the Church of Satan and the Satanist and the uh, people mix up the Church of Satan and the Satanic Church. Two very different things with two very different belief systems. And people tend to hear things about one and think it, it relates to everybody and it gets confusing. But just know it's different. Uh, what gods do heathens worship? Heathens worship a variety of gods and goddesses from the pre-Christian religions, such as Odin, Thor, Freya, and Frigg. 
So what is the difference between heathenry and Wicca? I don't, I think we, everyone listening knows that. I kind of preach it enough. Wicca is a religion, right? Religion, heathenry seems a little bit more like a folk tradition. Two different things. And do heathens believe in an afterlife? Good question. Uh, heathens, heathen beliefs about the afterlife vary depending on the tradition and the individual practitioner. Some heathens believe in reincarnation, while others believe in some sort of afterlife in the halls of the gods, like Valhalla. We've talked about that before when we talked about the Valkyries and our, uh, like, creatures, gods, goddesses, cryptids month. So Valkyries are believed to, uh, we talked about it more back in October, but are said to kind of dictate who is allowed into Valhalla, which I am guessing translates into maybe Hall of the gods i'm gonna look that up real quick valhalla translation so yeah a lot of norse yeah hall of the fallen yep Mm -hmm. so uh, a lot of norse traditions believe in things like valhalla and some people believe in uh, a traditional kind of reincarnation idea let's see Good question. Are heathens racist? So this is something that unfortunately has come up. Um, so I'm going to read what they say and then I'm going to read my belief or I'm going to read what they say that I'm going to tell you kind of my perspective on it. So some people who identify as heathens have been accused of espousing racist or white supremacist beliefs. However, it is important to note that these views are not a part of the core beliefs of heathenry. In fact, many heathens act, uh, actively reject racism and work to promote inclusivity, diversity within their communities. Yeah. So basically kind of how I think that happened was um cuz heathenry is based off like old Norse tradition i believe they haven't mentioned Norse i don't think but that's pretty much what i believe um they're saying uh which tends to, which is from a very white culture right so what happened was white supremacists kind of uh appropriated Norse symbols in order to go be racist but again they appropriated it they took it just to use in their own ways without actually understanding what they were doing and you know making this other group look bad right so heathens and people who practice north norse uh folk map uh, tradition or any sort of norse religion uh, that does not make them racist. It's just unfortunate racist people decided, oh, those symbols will look cool while we're doing our racist thing. At least that was always my perspective on it. But, of you know, I am not Norse and I do not practice any of this. So if I'm completely off, please feel free to reach out and correct me and I will share that. So is heathenry a closed or open religion? So it's folk, right? As we know, anything folk is pretty open uh, because it's not a religion. So heathenry is generally considered to be an open religion, which means anyone can practice it regardless of their background or ethnicity. Uh, however, some groups within the community may place certain restrictions to join their particular organization. Yeah. Similar to like witchcraft. So very interesting, very fun. And actually, I think 
now that I'm kind of looking at some of these other ones, so like some of the other questions, which are a little too FAQ for he, us, but um, I do know some of our listeners do practice heathenry. So I'm sure if they want to add to this or maybe correct me, please do so and I will share. But I thought that was really fascinating. As someone who isn't Norse or practices Norse things, I thought it'd be fun to share. All right, which is we are throwing this over to our moon correspondent. And after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Thursday, June 1st. The waxing gibbous moon wades into the deep end in Scorpio today. Here, the moon squares Mars, opposes Jupiter, and trines Saturn. We may be a little prickly today, with small annoyances feeling much bigger than they are. We have two choices, focus on every one of our buttons as they are being pushed, or turn our attention to a project that needs doing. The energy of the day says that if we decide to do something constructive with our day, we will end up in a much better emotional space than if we choose to soak in our petty grievances. Your daily moon mantra is, a little bit of grace goes a long way. This has been your Daily Moon Mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago Astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. From the pages of Which Way Magazine comes a new collection of stories by longtime fiction contributor Olive Blake called Grow Your Own Optimist. Featuring a never-before-seen short story, Grow Your Own Optimist is often romantic, occasionally satirical, and always unexpected. These surprising tales of demons, devil's advocates, dystopia, and dating remind us that there is magic to be found in the dark places. Olive Blake is the New York Times best-selling author of The Atlas Six and several other books, including the Which Way anthology, The Answer You Are Looking For Is Yes, and the novella La Petite Mort. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Goblin Prince Toddler, and Rescue Pitbull. Find the new anthology series, Grow Your Own Optimist, by Olive Blake, wherever books are sold. All right, we are back. So we have a question from one of our listeners, Elaine. Elaine says, what about witchcraft while traveling? What do you bring? What do you leave home? What do you do to incorporate your practice when traveling for work or vacation? This is a really great, uh, great question. I know me personally, I am not someone who primarily works with an altar. I used to, but I found it just, it didn't really become a place uh, that I was using it for correctly. And when I say correctly, it means I was putting like my keys on it and not practicing there. So I just learned I wasn't an altar individual. Uh, so because I'm not someone who has to work with certain tools or altars, and I am someone who practices my craft more toolless, I can travel without such a thing. However, I was gifted a lovely travel altar from one of our listeners, Rebecca. I hope Rebecca is okay with me sharing this, but Rebecca reached out a few months ago and said she was coming to New Orleans and she wanted to know if I would officiate her hand fasting. And I said yes. And I went and did that and it was really wonderful. And she gifted me with a traveling altar. So 
it was so cool. But yeah, so traveling altars are something that is very common that a lot of people travel with. You can purchase them. You can make them yourself. They can be as big as a shoebox or as small as an Altoids tin. And it can be really whatever works for you. But I did find an article from Patheos that shared a little bit about traveling magic. And this is written by Julia Penelope, Advice for Witches on the Move. So let's say you're going somewhere where you really can't bring anything. Things you can focus on is meditation. So like, let's say you're flying from New York to France and you're like, I really don't need a travel altar with me. Focus more on your meditation and your more cerebral practices. Next, crystals. Uh, you can take crystals with you in traveling, especially for travel magic. Jade is a good one for travel, uh, for protection and healing. And uh, Julia says she always wears it for flying. I recommend carrying it on your person so that it is easily accessible when you are nervous. Next, rose quartz, uh, good as a catch-all, but Julia says it is especially helpful for long-distance travel as it aids in sleep. Jet lag, anyone? Moonstone is known as the traveler's stone in some ancient folklore, so it is said to protect the wearer. Amethyst is uh, one that helps with healing and stress, but also protection for travelers. And then aqua marine is good for traveling in, over, or around water. Okay, but now you're saying like, okay, so I feel good about the actual travel logistics, but what about ritual while traveling? Where Julia says, one of the most common problems I run into while preparing for a trip is what magical tools do I bring? I am a chronic overpacker, so this trait is not good when I am trying to keep my baggage weight down. I spent 2016 backpacking through New Zealand, and as I didn't have a lot of space, I was inspired to make a mini travel altar kit. This worked out well because I like to do impromptu rituals from time to time, and this way I had what I needed, but I didn't overpack. In my small kit, a small wooden box... It had a container of salt, a a box of matches, a small metal pentacle, tea light candles, a mini bowl and plate for offerings, and a god and goddess pendant. Uh, Petitioning for protection. So if you work with gods or goddesses, you can reach out to them for protection while traveling. So um, is it Hermes or Hermes? Hermes? I think it's Hermes. One of the gods most commonly associated with travel, Hermes, is the Greek messenger god who transmitted messages between olympus and the human world next you have hecate known for the goddess of witches hecate is also the goddess of the crossroads odin the great wanderer of the norse pantheon odin the all-father is a god of many aspects including travel and then saint christopher the patron saint of travelers saint christopher is commonly petitioned all over the world by people prior to commencing on their journey. So we have a few things there if you're looking for protection, if you're looking for deity help, and then uh, making your own travel altar or getting one off Etsy. Um, Or I don't know if Rebecca sells them, but definitely super cool. Uh, There's definitely options while traveling. And I will share this article in our witchpod.com link tree. 
All right, witches, we are wrapping up this episode of The Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to listener Jess Jensen. Jess, you golden, beautiful vampire. Next, we have Josephine. Josephine, you sophisticated, fair Valkyrie queen. Julie M., you glorious sunflower. And finally, Callisto Lowry. Callisto, you wicked, insidious garden nymph. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. And before we leave today, we do have a card from our Buffy Tarot. Our card today is Strength. Like Dawn, you are extraordinary. When you are fully embodying the energy of strength, you are exuding confidence, bravery, and conviction. While it might be tempting to set fire to anyone who underestimates you, this card encourages you to think before acting on feelings of destructive natures. All right, witches. So before we leave, we do have a little housekeeping. Um, I do want to share Spirit House NOLA, um, my little thing where you can come and visit and I can take you around and uh, show you things and uh, all the witchy stuff. If you are looking for a little solo travel for like a weekend, uh, spirithousenola.com. Check it out if you're curious or interested. I'm completely open in the month of July. Uh, fully booked June and August. So <laughs> July is the answer if you want to come before fall. Uh, but check that out, spirithousenola.com. And that's it. Uh, don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we reference today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. <laughs>